go. Let's get active, guys. Let's get active. Let's be real. You know what I'm saying? Three man weave, three man, three man doing it like this. But we're gonna get Let's it. Let's go. It. Let's go. We sure yeah. got a lot. We, we got a lot to talk about, honestly, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a lot transpired in this past week. And we got football. We got football. We finally made it. Yes, sir. I love y'all, but I'm t- I'm counting down so I can turn this TV on behind me and I yeah, turn on the college football game. I swear to I'm God, turn this on Max. I'm telling you, I'm gonna put the kid. I'm gonna put the kid on her room. She's gonna watch Coco Miller and Gracie Corner for as long as she wants to. But get out of my way is what I'm about to tell her. As soon as we get to them. <laughs> exactly. And of exactly. course, we have one of the greatest athletes we've been blessed to be able to watch uh, retire. She finally called it a quiz. We're gonna run it through all that. But first, Trev, it's on you, man. College football. Oh man, what's good? What's good, everybody? Long live Dolph, everybody. Always remember rule number one get the money. Rule number two don't forget to get the money. So, Tuna Contrava is back. Football is back. Here to provide y'all with some tips on uh, this college football season, especially for week one. so I'm just going to kick it. I'm just going to kick it off. I'm just going to be honest with you for all these bets today. We're staying in the SEC because I feel that there are some reasonable uh, matchups here that you can uh, roll with. So we're no just going to get 10. started. Nobody from the Big nope, Ten. No big ten, no big ten. No Big Ten. Let, let's, let's. <laughs> <laughs> so, Skylar, you can rejoice. Now, next year, I won't be climbing the Big Ten as much as I have been. I will tell you that much. <laughs> well, speaking of the Big Ten, that's a nice little segue. I'll start with my upset pick of the week. And I'm actually going, and I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm actually going to take the Gators to knock off Utah at home to start. Um, Utah, of course, has a uh, quarterback by Cameron Rising who's going to be on Heisman Watch this year, having the press, pressing uh, closeout to the year last season. Uh, especially in that Rose Bowl game where they just – I believe they still lost the game, but they hung 45 on Ohio State, and that's not easy to do if you're anybody. Let's just be real on there. Uh, but I just feel with Utah never being in the South, never playing in Florida, yeah, Florida's going through a transition year right now with Billy Napier now stepping in as the new coach over Dan Mullen. It's tough – as an SEC guy, it is tough to play in the swamp. Like, it's definitely – Gainesville is definitely one of the top five toughest places to play in all of college football. And there's a reason that this spread is only set at one and a half. It's literally a toss-up at this point. Um, So, yeah, give me the Gators to upset and knock off Utah today Um, in my first uh, bet of the week. Second – um, uh, we're going to take, again, stand in the SEC. We'll shift it over to the SEC West. Uh, I like Arkansas as a touchdown favorite over Cincinnati today. Um, Arkansas had a real, real strong outing last season. A nice little come out, coming out party, uh, highlighted by, uh, quarterback KJ Jefferson, who I'm surprised is not on Heisman watch, but you know, it is what it is there. Um, they're rushing attack. They're going to win the game in the trenches. Cincinnati lost too many guys. They lost 12, 12 guys to the draft, including Desmond Ritter, who's uh, now with Toots Carolina Panthers. Uh, Arkansas is just going to be too much for them, um, and they're just bigger on the trenches. If I read correctly, Arkansas's offensive line is on average of 316 pounds to Cincinnati's defense defensive line only averaging 271. 
So you see the big disparity there. Oh, Skyler, you got something? Go ahead. No, go ahead and finish. I got a question when you're done. Go ahead. Okay. So, yeah, I, I expect this to be somewhat competitive early on, but I do expect Arkansas to pull away late. So give me Arkansas as a touchdown favorite over uh, – oh, he's with the Falcons. I'm sorry. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, give me uh, Arkansas as a touchdown favorite there over Cincinnati. So, Scott, you had a question. Yeah. So my question is, so I, I tell my, I, I definitely try to not educate myself on betting because if I do, then that's just more money that I'm losing. But I <laughs> guess my question to you would be, is there a category or is there something that you can bet to say, yes, there's like this is the line, and I expect you know Cincinnati to, or I expect Arkansas to beat Cincinnati. But let's say, like, what do I? How do I go about betting to say I I expect Arkansas to roll in this game actually, like and so like of course you can take the over I'm, I'm I think that's what it is but like oh uh, yeah if that's, that's if you're, you're, I bet like twenty one and up or something like that yeah gotcha. if you're okay. if you're expecting Arkansas to roll then the spread is your best bet like if you're expecting okay. Arkansas to come out and just smack them mm-hmm. take take the spread because because okay. okay. typically. The spread can be set too low, can be set too high. Uh, so you really got to be cognizant of that. But if you are just – if you see a matchup and you see the spread and you be like, oh, this is a reasonable spread, I expect this team to just come out and just destroy this other team, mm-hmm. take the spread. That, that's gotcha. that's not – that's no questions. If right, cool. So, I hate that excellent uh, question because now I'm about to start a bit. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why you got me to help you out, to help you know where gotcha. exactly to go. Uh, I'm, so, I'm just looking. I'm just looking for something to pay a bill. That's all I need. I need <laughs> to pay one of these bills. I don't care if it's the cell phone bill. I don't care if it's daycare for my for my child. I just need something to pay an extra bill. Yeah. And I'm, it may just have to be sports gambling this year. We'll see. <laughs> I, suck, I suck at gambling, but we'll see this year. Yeah. So well, and then the last game of the week, uh, again with, with the SEC West, I like LSU as a three point favorite over Florida State. Uh, to help kick off the Brian Kelly era in LSU. Um, LSU, of course, they're probably the most roller coaster team, probably not in just in the SEC, but I will make a case for the entire college, entire NCAA. They're either going to have a great year or they're going to have a bad year. It's never in between with LSU. And with them getting Brian Kelly, let's just be real. Everywhere Brian Kelly has went, that team has actually won games. So I don't see anything different here. Um, I expect a competitive game for Florida State. Three is probably a little bit reasonable here. Maybe could have gone to touchdown. Maybe they're giving Florida State a little bit more credit than I would assume. But give me LSU here uh, as a three-point favorite. So just to round things off for uh, week one of the college football season, Arkansas is a touchdown favorite over Cincinnati. LSU is a three-point favorite over Florida State. And then I got Florida upsetting Utah um, this afternoon as well. So from there, we're going to transition because we're still just a little less than a week away from the NFL season kicking off. Um, but we're going to try to make some uh, do some uh, a little special here. Uh, so we're going to go through our respective teams. And the lines have been set for their uh, total wins for the season. So that'll be kind of like a season preview for everyone. Uh, And without further ado, I'll start with my own team and Skyler's team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, As of right now, 
Uh, FanDuel has them at a over under a six and a half, so I'll just say seven. So I'll get you guys' prediction on that. Uh, I'll just go over under for Pittsburgh, over under seven wins uh, for Pittsburgh. Um, sheesh. The, Trevor, I'm going to tell you, the, the, the reason I'm, – I'm, I'm going to tell you what I'm thinking, then I'll give you my answer. It could be over in terms of, again, we talk about Pittsburgh's defense. We talk about um, the three levels of pro bowlers that they have on defense, which is, again, you know, T.J. Watt. Um, also, on that same front is Cam Hayward, who's a pro bowler, very under, um, very underrated. Um, and then you have uh, – well, not at all three levels, but Miles Jack is a pretty good linebacker. You can tell you they just came from Dexterville. They signed him, and then you also have Mika Fitzpatrick in the secondary. Um, but my things to worry yet again is the two things that we've struggled with for the past two years is what do those corners look like? And Lord Jesus, do they have anybody to pass or run block? And so those are the two things that I'm concerned about. And so, again, you have Kenny Pickett, and I will tell you this, I've seen every snap of Kenny Pickett in the preseason, and I'm trying not to hype myself up about Kenny Pickett, but Kenny Pickett, he has incompletions, but he hasn't missed a throw. There's a difference between having an incompletion. There's a difference between having uh, throwing a ball to the receiver, he drops it, or him not adjusting to the ball, and therefore it's an incomplete or incompletion on your part. But then there's a whole other thing if he misses the throw. In my opinion, Kenny, Kenny Pickett has not missed many throws. And so from that aspect, I look at it as Kenny Pickett is going to start at some point. When will he start? And so it's it's so many factors to say that they you know I would take the over, but then there are so many factors to say that you know it's best to take the to, to take the under. I'll take over. I'll go eight. Um, I think historically Mike Tomlin gets eight, nine, ten wins out of the season. Um, nothing nothing ever changes that fact that he always gets that. So um, I would expect them to at least get I'll say nine wins for the Steelers. So let me go nine. But that offensive line and lack thereof absolutely scares me i'm terrified because they can they can be they can't block anybody and that didn't yeah let me shut up god jesus christ <laughs> get kendrick get kendrick green off the roster because jesus christ he cannot block to save his life uh but you're exactly right here um and i said this when we did the still the season preview a couple of weeks ago i said that this team can win nine games and i'm not gonna stir away from it um i also do believe we will see kenny pickett at some point this season, I'm not sure as to when. Uh, I did say I, I feel that the first half of the season going into the bye week is very reasonable for Pittsburgh. Like I could definitely see Pittsburgh possibly at five and three or six and two going into the bye week, but a lot of things have to go their way. Um, and especially with everything else that's transpiring in the AFC North, you got Lamar Jackson right now in a contract dispute but you don't see the ravens until the second half of the season you get you don't get Deshaun Watson to the towards the end of the season so you you got that's a possible game that's a possible win there you open up the season against Cincinnati but if Joe Burrow is not able to go that's a possible way that's a possible way you can steal that game as well so um I still feel that Pittsburgh is can definitely win nine games I'm gonna stick with that so I'm gonna go over as well uh, but again, to your point, I wouldn't be surprised if it was an under because God knows we, we don't have any corners and our offensive line is abysmal. And it's and it's shown because we're towards the bottom of the league and towards of spending on offensive linemen. So 
But well, I, I, I will say this about the defense before we move on to the Panthers. Brian Flores is there. And if nothing else, we all yeah. understand, or at least most football aficionados know that Brian Flores can coach the hell out of a defense. And so yeah. where you say we don't have any corners, and I've clowned the corners as well, the thing about this, this cornerback crew is they're unproven. So before I say we don't have any corners, before I say they suck, uh, which I don't like to use that word, they're unproven. And I think so outside it, of it, Outside of Cam Sutton, who, right? So, so Cam yeah. Sutton has balled. I think he had a he had yeah. a pick earlier in the preseason. Uh, the Weatherspoon guy that, that we picked up from San Francisco last year, he looks to see he looks to be pretty good. The thing about it is, is it is are the Steelers going to be able to stop the uh, stop the run? That's why the corners yeah. were so bad last year, is because you know, granted, the Steelers couldn't stop the run, but then they also couldn't stop the pass. So, I think if they are able to at least stop the run, then they can put themselves in pretty good predicaments where again you have. T.J. Watt, uh, Cam Hayward, um, Hot, uh, Hot Smith should be coming back at pretty soon. Then we also just made that trade for the the the, the, the linebacker from Denver. So the front yep. seven should be at least pretty decent. Is what does Devin Bush look like too? That's the other thing too. Is yeah, so that he looked good. So right. we shall see. We shall see. But Brian okay. Forrest is, he cost the hell out of a defense, and so yeah. with him being there, there could potentially see be some improvement there as well. Yeah. All right, so we're going to transition on to uh, my guys, uh, my alien brother, uh, <laughs> taking it down south to good old Carolina, who, uh, believe it or not, is also uh, their over-under is also at seven wins. So I will give the reins to my alien brother over-under. Do, do, do Carolina wins over-under seven games this year? Damn, it must have just went up because I think a month ago it was like five and a half or some shit like that. And I, hey, I didn't bet that. I should have bet that. Um, seven, I, I'll say over for the simple fact that I think we can play five on the ball this year. Um, with the additions that we got, we got, you know, one of the best quarterbacks we've had since 2015, uh, statistically really in Baker Mayfield coming. Uh, we did have a lot of injuries going out as far as like our star players, you know, C-Mac went out pretty early. Um, and J.C. Horn went out pretty early too. And if it's a players or two players really that, that have, you know, comeback player of the year, It'll be those two um, at the end of the season, go. But I think um, Phil Snow is going to do a great job um, with our defense. I think we're going to have a top 10 defense, um, especially with our corners. Our corners are none to play with. Um, I think our biggest our biggest thing is probably going to be chemistry offensively. But if you look at our schedule, we do have a pretty easy schedule, um, especially starting off. But I do think that we upgrade a lot of um, – of what we're supposed to do, especially our offensive line. We definitely upgraded there. So I think if we can get C Mac for 12 games, at least, you know, I think we can definitely go go over that seven games. But um of course I'm a biased Panthers fan that got us finishing second. Yeah, damn near in the NFC South. So who am I talking? But if you're a Ben man, seven games, I think Carolina can definitely do it over seven games. I actually think Carolina could play five hundred football. Um I don't think they'll finish second in the um NFC South, but I definitely think they can play some 500 I, ball. Man, I just got this weird from and, the dog. And, and, and no, uh, 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 hey, have hey, it's all you. I know I give Baker a lot of flack, but hey, something could happen because a lot of pressure is being put on the Saints right now to kind of uh keep things rolling. And folks are even on I on y'all's favorite networks saying Jameis Winston may win MVP next season. So that, that I mean, here's the thing: if you honestly, if you look at the team around him, and if you just think about the quality the players around him, like it's a chance that he could put up MVP numbers. I think that's what they're trying I, to say. So he can put I, up I, real I, MVP I love, numbers. I love, I love Jameis. 
I love Jameis Winston. Don't get me wrong. He's had, I wouldn't say a fraction of this talent that he that he had in Tampa Bay. I mean, he had a receiving core of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. He's never had a top five defense that'll help him out either, though, too. And I think most MVP candidates have good defenses that'll help with the record. And like I said, offensively, he got some pieces he can work with. We all right, get we- all of that. We get all of that. We get all of that. But there is no <laughs> way you're going to tell me with a straight face for somebody that watches football on a consistent basis that he has that he's going to beat out Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. I'm in not the same division. I'm I, saying, I hear what you know. What, what I'm saying no, is no. what Trevor just said. You cannot be somebody that watches football on a consistent basis and say, "Yes, Jameis Winston is going to beat out." At minimum, eight nine guys that we know is a better better quarterback than Jameis Winston. He's going to win MVP with a straight face. Yeah. You're going to sit there and tell me that. Yeah, I'm not going to say he's well, going said, to win MVP over them, but I think his numbers will be there, and numbers don't lie. Numbers yeah, don't he'll put up great numbers. Before he, I, I, before I really, he went down last season, he was having a hell of a good season, and they did upgrade yeah, offense. He'll so put up good numbers. Yeah. All right. All right, and for the sake of time, so we can get because we do got other topics we got to cover, so we we just keep these quick since uh they're not on to defend their team. So um, over under over under eleven wins for the Dallas Cowboys, real quick. Under, I said uh, they, I they had an offensive line. Yeah, <laughs> oh, sorry, go, ahead. go ahead, too. Sorry, I bet those were uh, no, I said uh, under, um, like not nah, ain't. They they is CD Lamb really a, num- a wide receiver number one? That's questions there. Offensive line, are you gonna do what you supposed to do there? The answer is no. Defensively, I think they got worse. She said it last week, so uh, mine is under. Yeah, I'm going under as well. I said ten game. I said ten wins will win the NFC East, uh, and I'm gonna stand by it. So uh, we're going uh, under eleven for me as well. Okay, yeah. for the Titans, uh, over under ten wins. What was uh, Lito? Lito, what was your answer? For <laughs> you said under. Yeah, I'm, going, I'm going to quickly for two reasons. One, they have an offensive line as well either. <laughs> so they have an <laughs> offensive line. Um, but then they also have no coaching. So to the point to which you just said, to, like C.D. Lamb isn't a number one, I think if they had a better coach, we could probably comfortably say he could potentially be a number one. They're, in my opinion, their defense is not that bad, but I feel like with better coaching, they could be a top five or top ten defense. But guess what? Mike McCarthy is their head coach. And but I think we all know for either, if, if you're a fan – or if you're a player of the Dallas Cowboys, you know Mike McCarthy ain't it. And I think he's honestly going to be fired before the end of the year. And so because of that, I think that's going to cost him. So under for me. All right. And lastly, uh, we're going to go to Caps Titans over under 10 wins. Yeah, I go ooh, 10 wins. Damn. It, it's not an equal sign. <laughs> <We're> like, <laughs> I, was, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> It's not an equal sign we can do. I was like, thinking damn. the same thing. <laughs> uh, sh- damn, I forgot what I said. With Cal- I think I said over. Give, give me over. Give, give me over. Uh, I think they'll win the AFC, AFC South. Uh, shit. <laughs> I think that'd be right at 10 wins. That's like my thing. But so, uh, uh, damn. I'm going to echo your sentiments, but I'm going over. They get over just by one game. I think they win 11 this year, which will be enough to win the AFC South. I'm with it. I'm with it. (laughs) I am going to go under. I'm going under for the simple fact that Harold Landry loss is huge. That's I'm sorry to tell you. When you lose your best pass rusher, when you lose your top two best pass rushers, that means a lot. 
And granted, <laughs> I still I still think that the Titans will have a pretty good offense, but you lose Harold Landry, um, you lose AJ Brown, um, and Jacksonville plays a little bit better than they have been. So because I'm not saying that Jacksonville is going to beat Tennessee, but I will tell you this. I would not be surprised if Jacksonville got a couple more wins than people think that they're going to get. I'm going under. That's respect. Right. That's respect. Well, that covers it for Tuna and Trevor. Uh, remember, long live Dolph. Remember the rules. Uh, hopefully y'all cash out this uh, this week. And we're going to keep this thing rolling. We're gonna have to keep tabs on you, man, making sure you ain't giving false information. Well, I finished over 500 last season, so and I'm keeping tabs, so trust me, I'll let you know. That as far as keeping tabs go, of course, the NBA's been keeping tabs with Donovan Mitchell has finally been traded. Uh, many thought that the, it was gonna be the New York Knicks. <laughs> Shout out to the New York media. Uh, what are y'all thoughts on this trade? Uh, Trev Lido then went in with me. The Knicks, <clears throat> excuse me, the Knicks messed up this trade when they decided to give Jalen Brunson and RJ Barrett a hundred million dollars a piece. They got 300, they got 300 mil tied up between RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, and Jalen Brunson. Now, I get it that Utah was asking for a god awful lot. Because I think at one point they were asking for like eight first rounders in a deal for Donovan Mitchell, including RJ Barrett. Um, but I think for some reason New York just did not want to part with RJ Barrett. Don't get me wrong, RJ Barrett is good. Um, and there's something there with him. Um, but I'm I'm still not sure as far as what happened with the Knicks. But uh for the Cavs, which I gotta give two credit, you have them, you had them on your list as potential targets for Donovan Mitchell. Uh, for the Cavs to swoop in and just get none of the Mitchell for practically nothing. Let's just let's just be honest, because <laughs> it is no disrespect to Colin Sexton. Y'all got you guys know I'm a fan of Colin Sexton, but um, for just to give up three guys and three unprotected first and two pick swaps uh, just to get none of the Mitchell, um, that was actually pretty good for the Cavs. Now I won't say the Cavs definitively won this trade because we'll have to see what happens with them on the court because they had to make a move to try to establish themselves as a playoff contender in the East. Uh, I see them between that four to six range. Um, I, I think six is probably a good spot for them. If they were to fin- if with this team here, uh, of course, it's still going to be a lot of concerns uh, with them defensively because him nor Darius Garland can guard anybody. Let's just keep it a bean. As much firepower as you have in that backcourt, they ain't hard, they ain't stopping nobody either. So hopefully with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, that can help kind of cover for those uh deficiencies on defense. Um and then I'm also worried, okay, is adding Donovan Mitchell gonna hurt Evan Mobley? Like, cause he had a strong, strong rookie campaign uh last season, had a very strong case for rookie of the year. A lot of people was thinking, including Took as well, thinking he could have be an all-star pretty much next season. Uh, so how is his growth going to uh, take a hit now that Donovan Mitchell's here? Uh, but overall, man, Utah is just doing what Utah does. They did this exact – Danny Ainge did this exact same thing in Boston, just stockpiling the assets and then just looking to possibly uh, rebuild. And uh, there it is for Utah. They're rebuilding. 
I'm happy from the aspect of if you're Memphis Grizzlies fans, you no longer have to worry about the Utah Jazz. Uh, <laughs> if you are, I guess, still a Lakers fan, you also no longer have to worry about the Utah Jazz as well either at this point. So um, I look from that aspect. But then also, um, I think I saw Isaac tweet this earlier today. Shout out to Isaac. Uh, we've had him on the podcast before. But uh, this does nothing but open up the door for a lot of teams to confidently say, we have a chance at making the finals, whether you're in the West or yep. in the East. I think that's what you do there. Now, granted, you have your teams that, yeah, these three or these four, you absolutely have to put in the conversation. <clears throat> but, then there is, but then there's a second tier of teams where you can stretch it out to another, another three or four to say, you could also see a case to where these three or four teams can make it to the finals just as much as the top four that you already had. Um, and I believe if you're the Cleveland Cavaliers, you're one of those teams now. You put yourself in that conversation to say, yes, maybe Brooklyn does not have a, uh, a good year coming out. Maybe Brooklyn struggles out of the gate. Again, you know, we, we've seen kind of what uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving is. Now, granted, you know, there's a new caveat in there with now Ben Simmons, but there's a there's a case to where, you know, Brooklyn may not make the finals. Boston may have a hangover and they may not return. There's a, you know, there's a case where, you know, we all understand Giannis's greatness, but there's a case where they may not make it. So I think now if you're Cleveland with the roster that you have now uh, with the addition of Donovan Mitchell to say, there's a case where the Cleveland Cavaliers can make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. They potentially can make it to the NBA Finals. So from that aspect as well, too, I enjoy it. I like it. Um, I'm one of those people that says Devin Donovan Mitchell is a really, really good player. He is not necessarily a number one. And so maybe if you tag him with Jared Allen, if you tag him with Evan Mobley, if you tag them uh, with Darius Garland, now, like, can you see Donovan Mitchell potentially still giving you, you know, 20 to 25 points, but it's more on an efficient level, then, you know, then you can maybe see, you know, the potential greatness of Donovan Mitchell come out just a little bit more. We saw what he was in the bubble. We've seen what he can do in the playoffs. In the playoffs, he's an absolute baller. And so maybe that's what Cleveland needs, you know, at the end of games in the regular season, at the end of games in the in the playoffs in the playoffs in the postseason. So I like it if you're Cleveland. All right. So me, I was a, a huge fan of this trade. Of course, Trev, you brought up the tweet I put out, I think, back in July when I had like landing spots for different players. Um, I actually had Donovan Mitchell number one being the Toronto Raptors, which I thought it would have been a great fit there. Um, but number two was right after it was the Cleveland Cavaliers. If you look at everything that they have and everything that they can get you know, give the Knicks, it was everything that they literally wanted. You know, we started off with Colin Sexton, who didn't look quite comfortable before he went in, before he went out uh, playing, you know, with uh, Darius Garland. And I think once the Cavs saw Darius Garland, you know, first they gave him the keys and said, all right, let's see where you can go. Once they saw that Darius Garland could or could not, you know, that's a debate for another day, be better than Colin Sexton. I think that's when Colin Sexton became expandable, right? So you got a player that kind of don't fit in the rotation. And then you got Lori Markinen, who's honestly a very underrated player. I can't say uh, what he continues to do. But you got those two and then, what, four or five picks. Essentially, they did get Donovan Mitchell for nothing. You know what I'm saying? Because the the, 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 uh, the not Utah, the Cavs really didn't re-sign Colin Sexton. So they were probably just going to let him go anyway. So you were yeah. able to flip him and get, you know, Donovan Mitchell. This a, it's a it's a great move for the Cavaliers and Donovan Mitchell's only 25 years old. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Donovan Mitchell. He's only 25 years old who can give you 25 points in any given night. Um and I think this is what this Cavs team was missing. Um so you got him and 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 Garland in the backcourt together. 
sure they're a little shorter but like i was saying yesterday you can have legit three six nine players are over in the three four five spots on the cavaliers so the paint gonna be protected for sure if garland and 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 mitchell who can rest up a little bit on the on offense they can spend a little bit more time on defense you looking at a really good defensive Cavs team as well but as far as donovan mm-hmm. mitchell go again I think he elevates them to a top four team in the East hands now. If I'm looking at them, you know, in the first round of the playoffs, depending on matchups, I got them easily into the second round. This is how good I think this Cavs team will be because if you look at the pieces all around them, they got the wings that can defend. They got one of the better centers, you know, shot blockers in the league. They got a bench. You got Karis LeVert coming off the bench. If you want to talk about all-stars, Karis LeVert was an all-star two, three years ago. So you got him coming off the bench now. This is a very, very, very scary Cavs team that I think people, if you don't respect them, you're respecting by half season for sure. Like, this is a good team. This is a great deal um, for the Cavs. And like I said, it's scary out for the Cavs because they got a young team that can ball out for years to come. Yeah. And let's not forget uh, Isaac Okoro, who's a pretty nice defender. He might not be starting. Yeah, he may not be the greatest shooter or whatever, but he's definitely a great defender who can also help out as well, take some of the pressure off of Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. And to this point, neither one of them have to do so much because that's what Donovan Mitchell was basically your perimeter guy for the Utah Jazz. He was either him or bust if you was trying to get a shot on the perimeter. And uh, you can kind of say the same thing was the same uh, scenario was in Cleveland with Darius Garland. So now with the two of these guys together, they won't have to do as much. So this 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 team is scary. Like they they really legit have a strong case to possibly make a, a deep playoff run. So yesterday um, we did on three um, three to Hardaway we did top ten shooting guards and I said that Donovan Mitchell will be a top three shooting guard next season. How y'all feel about that? Top three. The ones I got ahead of him were let me see if I can remember my man Donovan Mitchell and not Donovan Mitchell uh, Devin Booker and Jalen Brown were perform. I I can't put Donovan Mitchell in the top three. I can't. Um, I, 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 Clay, that top three has to have Clay Thompson somewhere. I, I'm, I'm oh, you gonna hate these lists tomorrow, then? Oh my god! <laughs> that top three gotta have. Oh, you gonna hate these lists? I, 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 I probably am. I probably am. But I, I just, I know he didn't have a strong uh, year last season, and because I know he just came back from injury. But I, I cannot top five at the very lowest for Clay Thompson, but. I I I have him in my top three, and all two I have ahead of him would probably be Devin Booker and, to your point, Jalen Brown. But yeah, I, I Donovan Mitchell is top five. I'll give him that if you just want to go strict strictly on the position. But yeah, I I can't put him top three. I can't put him ahead of Clay Thompson. I'm sorry. You know, there's a case that you can say that comfortably. Uh, I won't. I won't look at you sideways. Yeah, I'm gonna say I won't look at you sideways if you said for some reason. I feel like there's somebody that I'm missing. Um, it's a bunch of them. Yeah, it's a bunch that I'm missing. But like again, to to it's kind of to what I just said. Now that Donovan Mitchell is potentially won't be the. I mean, he still may be the number one guy, but he also has way more help now than he did in in, in utah um uh, call it what you want but again he's playing with a in my opinion a better roster um and he's playing in the eastern conference which again there's no that's no knock to the eastern conference but um i think there's a more ch- there's a better chance of you making the playoffs in the east than it is the west let me say that 
Um, so because now he has a better roster, now he's playing with a, a a pretty good point guard. Then he also has two big, he has two pretty decent uh, forwards and centers. I can see that. Um, now again, I wouldn't be surprised if you know at the end of the season he wasn't. But then I wouldn't be at the, I wouldn't be surprised at the end of the season that he was. So yeah. I, I, yeah. So I, 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 you know, it's not a if. No, if the question is trolling all, then it's not yeah. it's not a troll. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm not just completely dismissing it. Like he has a strong case to be up there. I, I just I just feel that there. You said there was two above. I just think there's maybe three or four that's above Donovan Mitchell right now. I, I can't. I'm not going to be disrespectful and just say he's not top five. I, I definitely believe he's top five, but top three. I, that's a, that's a little stretch for me. Gotcha, man. I can't wait till y'all see this, these lists. I, I think he's dropping them either today or tomorrow, tomorrow. So I can't wait till y'all see y'all finna be. Yeah. Bring it all the way. <laughs> coming soon. <laughs> coming soon, man. It's coming soon. But that's it for y'all got anything else on as far as on the Metro Cavs? Utah. Nah. They got, uh, what's the number? 13 picks from now until 2029. So first round picks. So shout out to Danny Ainge for being everybody. Every is Sam Preston and Danny Ainge continue to be ahead of the pack, and everyone is trying to follow suit. <laughs> I'm telling you, y'all, you better get with it, get lost. And then of course, everybody's tanking uh, for old boy from France, who is. I, I, I want to say, baby, I want to say, baby KD, but last time I called somebody baby KD, I kind of got clapped. That so, yeah, I'm not gonna do because that. Because that was KD. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm it was KD. You don't get to call anybody else baby KD. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. But now nah, this this this, this kid is, is 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 nice though. Like he, he's he's nice. So I see, I, I see why things are taking. And let's get into our promo clip. And after that, man, we have one of the goats, if not the greatest, retire. Let's Be Real Media is pleased to announce we are sponsored by Ralph Brand. Ralph culture is surrounded by skates, punk, and Let's oh, Be Real shit. Media is pleased to announce we are sponsored by Ralph Brand. Ralph culture is surrounded by skates, punk, and hip-hop art. We are looking forward to co-designing materials for this journey with them. Please visit RalphBrand.com for purchasing merch now and for future collaborations with Let's Be Real Media. There we go. There we go. There we go. All right, man. Serena Williams final U.S. Open. We we literally saw, you know, we're able to say we saw one of the greatest at their sport, you know, play the game. Right. Um, there was movies that came out what a year ago saying, you know, how Serena was, you know, she was second in line after sister Venus. But, you know, Venus was to change the game. Serena changed the world. And she literally did that. Um, so how do y'all feel about Serena Williams playing her final tennis match? Uh, heartfelt, man. Uh, I think for somebody like me who grew up watching Tiger Woods, who grew up watching Kobe Bryant, who grew up watching, you know, call it now LeBron James, but then also grew up watching Serena Williams, like that was heartfelt. Like I think there have been three or four times that I've cried in sports. One, Pittsburgh Steelers played Denver Broncos and Demir Simon took that to that touchdown to the house. I, I, I cried with that when that happened. Except um, second one was when Kobe Bryant scored 60 in his final game. The third was last night. 
Um, just because, again, Bianca's play, Bianca plays tennis, so we watch tennis over here um, quite often. But even before I met Bianca, um, I was already watching tennis. And so, again, I grew up watching Serena and Venus. And so to see how she has dominated her sport, to see how she has dominated tennis, um, to see what she's done for not only for black women, but I believe also for black um people that want to play something similar or something different from football and basketball, which is golf and tennis. And so you kind of see Tiger Woods and what he did for golf and you see what Serena did for tennis and uh, to see her go out in the way that she did. Um, there was very, there were a lot of chances where she could have won yesterday's match. I'm just going to not say nothing. No, I did not cry because of Tim Tebow. I cried because there is no way we should have lost the game. Anywho, back to Serena. Um, <laughs> to see how she went out yesterday, she went out, you know, guns blazing. Yes, yeah, she she lost the final set 5-1. Um, but, you know, I think that match point that the other, I can't pronounce the other girl's name, but I think she had like seven, eight match points. And so um, there was shot after shot that Serena was making and taking. Um, there was the crowd that was behind her. I mean, to see Arthur Ashe Stadium, as crowded, as packed, as enthusiastic as it was for her, is crazy. And I'll say this, and then y'all can have it. Um, I think when she played her match on Wednesday, I believe, 5.1 million people watched that tennis match. Yep. I can't name a time where I've seen or heard more than two people watching a tennis match. And you can call that for Nadal and Federer. You call that for Nadal and Djokovic who's a really good rivalry in tennis. Like Serena Williams brought everybody out. Like if you saw the, she literally brought out the who's who um, for her tennis matches this past weekend. And that just shows against her, like her greatness and everything that she's done for the black community. So I'm proud of her. I'm happy for her. Um, I wish nothing but success for her. She's a Nike athlete. Uh, um, very grateful and dear to her. So, you know, it was, it was sad to watch her go out yesterday, um, but I'm, I'm happy for her. She gets to move on and do more things with her life. Yeah, I'll keep mine brief. Um, to Skyler's point, it, it was just heartfelt. Um, Serena just exhibiting why some people, including myself, should start calling her probably the GOAT um, in just in all terms of athletics, not just uh, certain sports. Um, I, I watched that matchup on Wednesday. I didn't miss, I missed the last one because I was out having to do adult stuff, but I did watch that matchup on Wednesday, and it, it was for 5 million people to come out and see this and then to have a who's who in, in the crowd as well uh, cheering her on. It was just great. Um, I mean, it's greatness personified. Like, it, honestly, if you define greatness in the dictionary, you will see Serena Williams, and it's pretty much nothing else to say. So uh, I wish her nothing but the best and uh, whatever she has going forward. Uh, thank you for what you've not only given to the sport of tennis, but all of athletics and what you've given to black people as well. Um, so Serena, just, just thank you. Thank you. Man, my sentiments is that, Trev. Now, just quickly, thank you, Serena Williams, for everything you did really for us, man. Like, you came into the game with braids and you went out the game the same way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Even with your daughter in the crowd, you know, rocking it and, and supporting. Like, it was just a beautiful thing to see. Like, I'm so blessed, uh, you know, you hit it right on the head. Like, we've seen so many greats, you know, in different sports where we're talking to Tiger Woods, 
uh, the Kobe Bronze. You know, we were able to see just a tad of Michael Jordan, but of course, we, we respect him as the GOAT he is. We were able to see LeBron James and, you know, just different people. But when you talk about, you know, tennis, who isn't or what isn't a black sport, and then you had a young, young woman, two young queens from Compton come in and, and dominate, that's nothing but respect to Serena Williams and, and Venus Williams. So, I just wanted to thank her for doing it, you know, for her, but for doing it for us, because she could have easily went the other route and, you know, I'm making all this money. Let me be the corporate head. You know, I'm signed with Nike. Let me, let me, let me be more political, but she's, you know, politically correct, but she's made stances on different things. And she's been the ideal daughter, uh, the ideal role model for, for Eva, you know, for, for, you know, for, you know, little daughters and, you know, young sons as well. And I would hope that her impact would help, you know, encourage, you know, black kids to look outside of basketball and football if you're going to pursue sports, because there are mu there's much money, much more money to be made, you know, on the court, but especially off the court as well. So uh, shout out to again, Serena, for being a representation of that. And of course, it's always cool to see black Twitter getting along, you know, on, on Twitter together. It's always a good time. Uh, with that so again uh thank you thank you thank you serena williams for everything you've done um can't wait to see what you do outside of the courts and also boots if you're black on yeah exactly exactly Ron. my point is like do i have anything else they're like uh, just, okay, just one more thing like you, you talk about her greatness and then you just see like to to talk like you see how great and important she was like college football started this weekend yeah and there were times she was leading segment she was in the a block before college football was even discussed like there was topics and conversations had around you know her and you know her, her performance in the u.s open as college football is starting this weekend and you don't see that like i mean granted we all don't understand how great tiger woods was but there ain't too many times you even saw tiger woods in his probably once or twice but no, again like that, i don't even see like scholar you 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 and i both know <laughs> you made it, if you made it to Sunday to face off against yeah, Tiger Woods, sure. it was a it was guaranteed that Tiger was winning and he was leading off. If it was whether it was NFL or whatever, mm -hmm. that's true. Tiger but, Sunday, it's a reason it's called Tiger Sunday. <laughs> but again, led by two black people in white dominated sports, again, is is amazing to see. I'm again so grateful to see it. I cannot wait to be able to like when uh when Eva asks, or if I have another kid to say like. How great was Serena Williams? Like, here's a whole catalog for you. Like, you, you got time? Like, it, it was it was nothing. <laughs> yeah. It was great watching her for the past 20 plus years. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. All right, so we're gonna keep it uh with the women, man. Y'all gonna have to help me out with this one because the only thing I know about the WNBA is the fact that there's a great debate on who's the better CP3 between Chris Paul and Candace Parker. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. Let's that's, that's, that's just keep it a book. Mm, so, all right, we're going to say the patrolling off. We're going to do that patrolling off. But y'all help me out. WNBA semifinals, what's going on? Ludo, you might have to start this one up. I, I've watched, like I said, I watched a couple of, a couple of these games, but not in, in its entirety. Gotcha. So, for sure. So, I think, um, again, I've more so just been able to go on and watch. I've been able to watch all of it um, just because there's been so much going on. But uh, two really good series um, in the WNBA uh, playoffs, and we're at the semifinals part of the, the postseason now at this point. Uh, but the Chicago Sky are there. Uh, they are playing the Connecticut Sun. Connecticut Sun. Yeah. yeah. And so, that's a, that's been a really good series. 
the Las Vegas, uh, Las Vegas base, uh, Las Vegas Aces are playing the Seattle Storm. That series is also tied one-one, and so I believe game one of both of those series, the road team won, if I'm not mistaken. Then game two of, of both of those series, the home team won as well too. too. So um, it's been really good competitive basketball, if you ask me. Um, I don't think either, anybody has won by more than 10, 15 points, if I'm not mistaken. They've been they've been right there, um, nip uh, nip and tuck at the um, at the end of the game. So it's been really competitive. But what I also like and appreciate about this as well too, and I've gotten on the NBA about this as well too, is the players get the rest and you know relax and then be out, be able to watch film. In between these games, I think uh, on average, it's like three to four games in between each game, three to four days played, or three to yeah. four days of rest in between each game. And so I believe that's what allowed, that's what's allowed for these women to have bring their A game, if you ask me. So I I, I love it. I appreciate it. Um, I definitely um, have been able to watch, uh, if I've had time, I've been able to watch uh, some of these games. But, you know, if you are looking for something to watch outside of football, um, yeah. The WNBA has really good has really good product. They have really good players. Um, it's been really um, fun and enjoyable to watch. And you know, there's cases that Chicago Sky uh, may go to back to back, but there's a chance that you know there are three other teams that could make a viable case as well too uh, to win this whole thing. So definitely look out for that. Yeah. Uh yeah. So same here. I mean, there's been some amazing basketball being played in this WNBA semifinals. Uh, to Scott's point, both. Both series are tied at 1-1 as they transition to uh, the next um, next location, I guess, for uh, with – okay, I can't remember exactly, but anywho. Um, but, yeah, it's been some great uh, competitive basketball. Uh, but, again, we'll, I guess we'll get to it in trolling all with Candace Parker. I've always been a fan of hers. Um, I've been a fan of Breonna Stewart, Sue Bird, what they're doing with Seattle. And I'm a current fan of the Aces, and that's been my storyline the whole season with the WNBA. Like, I can care less what the Aces do. It's just like, can you finally get it done and break through to finally uh, win it all? Um, it's just because they've been right there, like, for, like, the past couple of years with Bill Lambeer at the helm. And now that Bill Lambeer is gone and you have Becky Hammond there as the coach to kind of give you so much more of a – free-flowing offense, now you have no excuse. Now you need to just try and, and get it done. And that's what's been the storyline for me uh, with my squad, with the Aces. Um, but to, again, if it's, if it's the Aces in the sky in the championship, I'll be happy regardless because uh, CP3 is there. And we know I've watched her literally take over numerous, numerous games. So it, it's, it's a joy to watch, man. And if Again, if you're not watching football, uh, definitely check both of these uh, series out. You'll get you'll get uh, it's worth your money. I will definitely say that much. Cool, cool, cool. Let me see if we got Ryan Candace Parker the better CP. <laughs> I mean, she, let's, is, let's my, she is the better CP three. If we go move to the conversation real right, quick, so, like, 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 she is she is the better CP three. It's not it's not even a question, but. The nickname was given to Chris Paul first. Yeah. The nickname was given to Chris Paul. And so at the end of the day, in 20 years, can you confidently say who was CP3? If your kids ask you who is CP3, who is going to be your first initial answer when you answer that question? 
That's going to be Chris Paul. It's going to be Chris Paul. The better answer is Candace the better, Parker. The, yes. the, the answer here, who's the better CB3, is Candace Parker. But the name, was, like to Skyler's point, the name was given to Chris Paul. So, nice. man, you, so let, me bring, let me bring some, some kind of relevance into it, right? Because I did just a little stat dig and just real quick, right? So Candace Parker just... You know what I'm saying? Just read off a couple of her accomplishments. WNBA champion, happy last year. Um, finals MVP as well, two times. WNVP, uh, WNBA MVP, two-time gold medalist, rookie of the year. But we got to put some respect on Chris Paul now. Hold on, like, hold on, hold on. See, nope, nope, nope. You're not doing Candace Parker any justice. So the year she won rookie of the year, she also won MVP. So let's put some respect. So, two-time WNBA champion, two-time Finals MVP with two different franchises, and let's be real: the only reason she left LA was because of Derek Fisher and his inability to coach. So let's just put it what it let's just call it really what it is. Um, and then to you mentioned to the gold medal, the two-time gold medalist, and things of that nature. So now, make your case for Chris Paul. Nine-time all-defensive honors, all-defensive team honors, eight-time all-team, all-NBA team honors, six-time steal leader, not second, not third, but number one in steal six times in the league, uh, five-time assist leader. You talk about longevity. He's led the league in assists five times. Last year was one of them. Uh, first player in NBA history, the quickest player to have 20,000 points, 10,000 assists. Nine-time all-star, two-time gold medalist. So, I mean – I get what y'all saying as far as like Candace Parker, you know, especially winning the championships and the MVPs. But hey, man, Chris Paul is Chris Paul. He's a point guard to me for a reason. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He, he, hey, he did. He won Rick Eddie as well, not MVP, but you know. But no, this, this is no disrespect at all to Candace Parker. Like I love me. One of my favorite basketball memories is watching Candace Parker and um, Donna Tarasa going at it in college. So Ryan said you can steal nicknames. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like if you do a Howard and Superman, is that what you're talking about? <laughs> I, it it take it. I think it takes somebody to kind of like give them the nickname. So I guess technically, because Chris Paul still playing and Candace still, I don't know. It, it's weird, man. You know, they probably had to do like a, a Hope Lady Hope thing, <laughs> a She Hope thing. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of CP3, instead of CP3. There we go. There we go. CP3. There we go. CP3. We ain't had to do the troll now, bro. Shout out to Lido, bro. We got to tweet that. Put that on the the dog. Wow. I'm I'm elated. That is hilarious. CP3. Wow. I'm. I want my money too if they decide to take that. I'm, hey, I'm saying you need to copyright this. You need to copyright this shit like tomorrow. <laughs> no, not even tomorrow. <laughs> today. Sell it to her. Yeah. Hey, we serious? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do it. That's actually not a bad. That is not a bad nickname at all. It's not. That's one. Come on, we was here with you with the idea. Yeah. Oh man, that's it uh, for this episode, man. Y'all got anything else? Uh, no, nah, happy belated nine one day to y'all. Um, for those, I'm gonna make this real quick. The nine one Grizz Bash Day was was lit. For those who have not seen the videos, um, it was amazing to see the fact that the city of Memphis has created their own holiday, made a block party out of it. Great to see, great vibes. I believe the, it was the inaugural year of that, and to see 
the, the vendors that were out there, the, the wrestling that was out there, the performers that, that were out there, the people that were out there it was great to see. I absolutely loved it. Uh, I'm hoping that they can make that uh, an annual thing for you. I hope they can make that an annual thing. There it is. Then you got famous too, bro. What's up with everybody getting famous now? Shaka, Shaka was famous last episode. You was famous this episode. Hey, as, I, as, I, as, I, as I said on Twitter, black people, black people, the only people that will essentially check you for being on camera, t- camera talking yep. about some you're famous, ain't it? Like, no, I just did a quick up, man? You know, famous, ain't it? Got, <laughs> got a couple of views. I Dude, that I, shit, our time is nothing, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm not famous at all. I just got lucky. <laughs> I'm trying to make y'all some money. So when, once 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 I get y'all, once I get certified around this bar, then we we we, we on. So we in there, we in there. Bad, bad, bad. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Hey man, uh shout out to y'all for listening. Uh make sure y'all follow us on Twitter, uh Instagram, all the good stuff. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Shout out to everybody checking us out on YouTube. Make sure you give us that good old like and make sure you go ahead and comment, leave something for us. You know, whether we did good, bad, gave taste you like gave taste you did likes. Help us out. That's what we're here for. And, and ask know, questions. We, <laughs> Definitely ask questions. We want to be engaging. Ask questions. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say because we don't want Ryan to think he's the only one on this journey. You know, no, Ryan, I don't want this one. Ryan, <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw Fabo Fedway on here as well too. But Ryan, 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 yeah. get on this thing and, and act like he's the only person on here. <laughs> and he'll get <laughs> out of pocket. Out he'll get out of pocket real quick. So help us shout help Ryan. Shout out to Darren and Tyler with uh, Fabo Fedway as well. Absolutely, uh, love those guys. Absolutely. Well. We're gonna end right here. Lito, please go ahead and copyright that before somebody <laughs> you know they take our ideas, bro. You know they take our ideas, bro. You know that you know that they be listening, even though they don't give us it is, it is evidence. Let it is evidence. We know this. We know this. I gotta pay for daycare some type of way. So if, 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 if I get off of that, I'll, I'll take it. There you go, right. get, get, get you a bag off, off, off Trevor and then go ahead and convert that to a copyright <laughs> then, and that's your bag right there. Hell, at that part, I can pay my mortgage. <laughs> Come on, man. Hey, that, hey, that's true. Come on, man. That is but true. Until then, man, appreciate y'all for rocking with us. Till next time, peace. Peace. Easy.